Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. So, Frederick Hastings, good morning. What about that? The myth. Um, g'day, how you going, Grant? Not too hey, bad. I, I just heard you talking about Les Boots, that great interview. Bert Bryant, legendary yeah. Victorian race caller, interviewed him. And by gee, if it wasn't one of the funniest racing interviews you've heard in the history of the world, I'm not here. If, I, if I had it, honest to, goodness, honest to goodness this morning, I would play it. Yeah. Right, for the reason being, right, his final comments when he says to Les, oh, thanks very much for coming up and joining us in the commentary box. And for God's sake, be careful walking down the stairs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> his wife used to pack his pyjamas <laughs> with his race gear so that when he fell off, he'd spend the night in hospital. He had his pyjamas already. Yeah. Incredible. The, the, local hosp- anyway, the local hospital. Your mission, yeah. your mission is to track that interview down and play it. I, I know exactly who will have it. <laughs> so, I'll grab it. Problem solved. Anyway, on to yeah. harness racing. Yes, please. We had a good night last night at uh, headquarters. We had uh, an eight race card. Some very nice horses uh, went around at the meeting. Kingmaker in race two was very impressive, winning by a good space and broke 150. Went 149.9, uh, which was pretty impressive. Uh, Arden's Ace did a good job at big odds to win race number three. What about the starting prices of the first three there? Arden's Ace was 23. Uh, B- Arcade Finran second was $34 and Magic Mateo came from nowhere to grab third at $71. Uh, the trifecta uh, paid in excess of $6,000 and not surprising. King Tiger, it won the uh, fourth race and gee, it was good. Uh, was under pressure, challenged strongly uh, in the straight but just kept finding and uh, I think we're seeing this horse really develop. A son of Tiger Tara, one of those horses that is just getting better with age, King Tiger. Uh, the fast class race, Max Shard uh, brought up the second of Belinda McCarthy's three winners. John McCarthy was in the bike. This horse has won over $500,000. And uh, listeners to On The Pace Sunday program would recall we spoke with Luke McCarthy only a couple of weeks ago. And he actually said that Max Shard is just one of those evergreen horses that's always around the barn and always performs to the optimum. And certainly uh, that was the case last night. In the small field green, and how often do we see it, five runners, um, you had uh, a $2.25 favourite, then the next line of betting was three thirty. then third line of betting $5, then out to $7, and Max Shard, who won the race, was the despised outsider at $19. And we see it a lot in uh, in all codes of racing when there's a small field, quite often the roughy pops up. Uh, Baron Test, gee, she's doing a good job for Sophia Robertson. It won the trot. Uh, Fairy Tinkerbell, she just keeps on keeping on this outstanding race mare. Uh, gave Belinda McCarthy another winner. And in a rib-tickling photo finish, Firestorm Red uh, was able to stave off Robbie Rocket to win at a nose. We had a couple of nose verdicts last night. Real good racing. But the meeting kicked off, Grantly, with uh, the running of the Allied Express at pace. And a horse was very well tried to win the race right throughout betting. And that horse was Jazzy Star. Breaks. They're all going to have to get on their bikes because this well-tried commodity has gone for home on the final corner. Jazzy Star leads one too many. Hidden Courage via the Cape goes pump the brakes to try and make some ground. 27-3 the split. The leader is Jazzy Star. One too many won't shirk its task. It's trying hard and pump the brakes continues to make solid ground from back in the pack but with 150 left to go Jazzy Star is well clear of one too many and pump the brakes. I'll fight out the miners but Jazzy Star 
was going to win it. Jazzy Star first, second one too many. Third was pumped the brakes. And Jazzy Star was, uh, of course, he's trained by Trevor Monday. Trevor trained a winner during the week at uh, Menangle that paid $114 on the tab. I think its SP was 50 to 1. Where was but, the tip, uh, Fred? Where was the text yeah, message? Well, Get on. I'll, I'll, I'll be brutally frank, and I, I know <laughs> Trev well. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying. It was a field of, I think, 10. If I had nine picks, I probably still wouldn't have put Screamer into my top, uh, top four. Um, I love you, Trev, and, <laughs> but uh, he's done a good job with the horse, and he's stable. It just keeps ticking over, and this horse has done real well for him, Jazzy Star. The driver last night was no stranger to the winner's circle anywhere in the state, Blake Fitzpatrick, and he's kindly given us some time this morning on, on the pace. Blake, good morning. Uh, good morning, Fred. This horse, uh, you've uh, won three races on him, so you know him pretty well. And, and last night, it was a new personal best for the horse, going 150 and 5. I, I guess if you look at his previous run, he ran sixth and admittedly was beaten 20 metres, but it happened to be behind a horse called Better Zippet, who, of course, won the inaugural uh, Nullarbor on Friday night for, for Jason Grimson. So I guess if you could draw a form line, pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely, Fred. And he's a horse, I think, last night he appreciated dropping back from free-for-all grade, which he'd been racing in. And, yeah, he went terrific last night. He's a horse that's always had a lot of ability. He's got his fair share of quirks as well. But, yeah, mm. he's, he really put it together last night. Blake, he, he led from the 1100. Do you think he's a better... Yeah, we've seen him come home. We've seen him up front. Where, where do you think he's best suited? Oh, he's definitely is, a horse. Is he versatile enough? Sorry, is he versatile enough to, to cope with any situation? Oh, I think he's probably a horse better. The harder you're driving, the better he goes. Fred, he's just okay. a real, a real free wheeler, and he's a horse that's really suited to the big track at Menangle and the mile racing. So, yeah, I'm sure he's got plenty more wins left in him. And yeah, Trevor's done an excellent job with him. He has, and his his team, Trevi, he just keeps ticking them over, and they they keep producing the goods. And I know you do a bit of driving for, for Trev, and 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 uh, you know his his technique and his style certainly suits the horses that come through his barn. Yeah, absolutely, Freddie's Trevor's. A, I've known Trevor all my life, and he's a mm. trainer that he only works a small team, but he's very thorough and he does a an excellent job with them, and his horses race very consistently. So yeah, he does a terrific job. I know Trev at one point spent some time uh, working in a thoroughbred uh, barn as well, uh, which has had great success in the Brad Widdop stable. So he, he's, and people that I know through that stable have given him plenty of raps that, that he's quite the horseman. So obviously, you know, a, a trainer that, that gets horses that, that probably aren't fair to say going gangbusters, but he's able to put in the time with that smaller boutique team and get them to fire up. Yeah, definitely, Fred. And he's also, he's worked with some the leading harness racing trainers as well. He mm. spent a lot of time with Dennis Wilson and he worked for Dad for a number of years when yeah. uh, a number of years ago now. But yeah, he's had, he's learned from some of the best trainers and he's put it all together and he's doing it his own way now. And yeah, he's getting the results. On to you, Blake. Um, I, I just touched on the, the thoroughbreds. I mean, you, you, it's well known. You dabble across both codes. How are the, the, the horses going, the gallopers? Uh, yeah, they're good, Fred. We've got a, around 10 in work and I haven't wow. raced any over the last month, but I've got three or four ready to go now. So yeah. we'll be back at the races shortly. And yeah, we really enjoy it. We had a good year last year and hopefully we can have another good season this year. So 10 thoroughbreds. How many standard breeds? How many harness horses are you training? 
Oh, we norm we have 25 at the moment. We normally vary between 25 and 30 at any given time, Fred. Yep. That's a pretty busy stable. Um, in terms of yourself, we, we've seen you at the upper echelon of the, the driver's ranks for, for so many seasons now. But I've noticed, probably fair to say, as you've been you know, focusing your, your energies on the training side a little more so, you're also picking up some freelance drives from a number of stables. And I just had a look in the last probably week and a half, you've driven for at least six different stables. Is that something you're conscious of? That If you're there, if there's drives available, you're going to take them as long as you don't have a runner in the race? Yeah, absolutely, Fred. Um, I've freelanced drive for the majority of my career but yeah it's probably mm. fair to say I'm not haven't haven't been driving as much over the last 12 yeah. months as previous years but yeah I'm always happy to to drive when the opportunity arises I had a look at the stats Blake and what you just said I, I guess this this bears true given we're a third of the way through the current season and on the current trajectory, if you maintain the amount of drives that you were having uh, for the rest of this season, you're probably going to be, it'll, it'll be your quietest year in the sulky. Um, so obviously it's been a quiet start as far as the amount of drives you've taken. Um, but, but obviously as you know, we get deeper into some of the, the, the New South Wales carnivals, the regionals, the Breeders' Challenge and so on, I, I guess you're going to come into demand then. Yeah, hopefully, Fred, and I think our stable as well has been a little bit quiet over the last six yeah. weeks, but we're about to crank up again now, so, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back at the races with a bit of force shortly. Is it still a 50-50 split with the paces uh, and the trotters? Yeah, yeah, probably, Fred. Um, we've got a, all the young trotters in at the moment, the two- and three-year-olds, so, mm-hmm. yeah, we've quite, got quite a few in the stable at the moment. You've driven 2,100 winners plus, 2,100 plus, You've had 22 Group 1 wins. Can I pin you down to, to probably your most memorable Group 1 win or your, your favourite, even, you know, your favourite Group 1 win uh, within that 2,100 winners? Oh, so you've backed me into a corner now, Fred. Um, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> we ask all the tough questions here, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint one. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, your first one's one you never forget. And yes. I remember that was it. South Australia in the South Australian Cup, I drove a horse called Selby Bromack for yep. for Brian Hancock, and I think he drew the outside of the second row, and he may have been the outsider of the field. But yeah, it was quite a quite a surprise that he won, and yeah, definitely a night I'll I'll never forget. And Brian was mm. instrumental early in my career. Mm. Just as I started driving, Brian retired from driving, mm. and I spent the next two seasons driving the majority of his stable, which uh, gave me a really big kick along. So, yeah, I guess the first one's always one you never forget, Fred. Absolutely. Now, now you just mentioned Brian Hancock, absolute living legend of our sport, but uh, your pedigree's pretty strong. Your father, Paul, is, is a, a living legend of the sport as well. Again, I'm going to ask a tough question without notice. Uh, in terms of the lessons that, that you've learned from your dad, what's probably the, the, the biggest take-home message you know, whether it be as a driver, whether it be as a trainer, what's the biggest lesson you think that Dad has shared with you that you've you've instilled in your career going forward? Yeah, I think Dad's, he, as you said, he's been instrumental in uh, all our careers, myself, Gavin mm. and Cameron, and mm. he, he, the first thing he taught us was work ethic, which has, I think, yes. stuck with us our whole life. And as far as driving is concerned, when we were starting off, 
dad was such a great teacher. He'd always spend the time after every race meeting. We the next day we'd watch the replays and he'd pinpoint the mistakes we were making and just spending the time with us, trying to steer us in the right direction. And I think also early on in our career when we were starting, Fred, he dad kept that owner pressure away from us. He dealt yeah. basically with the owners, so we never really went onto the track feeling any pressure. And yep. that just was a big weight off our shoulders and it was a lot more enjoyable and yeah, he's he's just spent so much time with us teaching us early on in our career dri- driving the driving aspects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what set us up for yeah, a career where we could make a living out of it. And a darn good bloke to boot. Now listen, you've just shared with us your dad's you know, I guess early tutelage of you uh, and Gavin and Cameron, you're going to be pretty much adopting that mantle pretty soon too because your daughter Zara drove at the trials at Menangle for the first time a couple of days ago. Uh, she's hell-bent on getting into harness racing. She she came through the mini trots and I can remember, a, gee whiz, I think it probably is about a 10-year-old driving the mini trots. Um how did that feel watching your baby girl go around in a in a in a harness uh, trial the other day? Yeah, it was quite surreal. It was quite nerve wracking, to be honest, Fred. <laughs> but um, yes, it's uh, she got there quite quickly, and yeah, it's, um, she's waited for that moment for a number of years. If anyone that knows Zara would know her quite mm. well, she's very passionate about the industry, and she loves loves the horses. She's always been involved here at the stables from a very young age, so. Yeah, she she re- really enjoyed Wednesday and she's glad to get the first trial drive out of the way. And, yeah, I'm sure she's uh, ready for a, a career in harness racing, that's for sure. Fantastic. I mean, I, I see you down in the stables, mate, Saturday nights and uh, Zara's holding court there with, you know, the, the strapping duties and uh, she, she's just so passionate. And, Blake, it's what we need in the sport. We need that next generation. And we often talk about, you know, the, the, the Turnbulls and, and, and the, the mark they've left uh, through the, the legacy of, of, of AD Tony Turnbull and, you know, four gens are pretty much uh, involved. It's the same in your family now. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, Fred, we need that younger generation coming through. And we, we do have that at the moment. We have a lot of good young drivers and yep. um, yeah and then we've got that next phase where kids like Zara are getting their trial license now and hopefully they can keep filtering through so the industry can uh, remain healthy and head in the right direction luckily we've still got old blokes like you old at 39 so <laughs> <laughs> that said with tongue in cheek Blake not being offensive but, but I mean you, you, you've been around for so long it's hard to forget sometimes that you are such a young man and uh, you know, it, it's uh, you, you've been so successful, uh, and yet you're, you're still, you know, not even forty yet. Gee whiz. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a funny industry driving. It's sort of heading down towards more of the younger drivers now. So, yes. yeah, when I'm on the track now, I probably do feel old compared to some of the some of the kids I'm out there with. But yeah, hopefully I'm around for a little bit longer yet. Anyway, Fred. I tell you, the definition of old is calling, uh, yeah, calling drivers. You know. 30, 40 years ago, like your dad, uh, and then calling you, and then I guess in time calling uh, you know, Zara. So quite incredible, mate. Thanks for giving us some time. It's uh, it was good to get on the winners uh, Metro scoreboard last night with Jazzy Star, and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come in the future. Good luck. No, thanks, Fred. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, Blake Fitzpatrick from the uh, very esteemed 
Fitzpatrick family uh, grant and uh, always good to catch up with Blake. He's, uh, like I said, it's, it's hard to believe sometimes that he is only 39 because yeah. he's been such a mainstay, such a mainstay of the uh, sport and in particular in New South Wales and, and part of that, that Fitzpatrick dynasty. And you're 100% right too, Fred, that when you, you know you're getting old when you see the, their progeny coming through and taking yeah. over the road, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, hate it, hate it, hate it. Hey, it is incredible. Freddie, I've got to ask you, because uh, I know yeah. that you, you've been not just been involved in the industry, but you've been a mad lover of the industry for so long. Following on from the Big Sports Breakfast weekend, you're funny, outside me attempting to drive a pacer, other than that, what's the funniest thing you've seen on track? Funniest thing? Gee whiz. I, I'd have to say one of the funniest things I've been involved in is uh, I got a frantic call from the office at Menangle one night to say that uh, uh, two hearing aids had been handed in. <laughs> um, can you please put a call? Because obviously someone will... And I get on there and I'm announcing, you know, so if you've lost these hearing aids, uh, you better go to the kiosk and collect your hearing aids. Your hearing aids are being handed in. Your hearing aids are lost. And I'm, it dawned on me midway through, am I actually going to be hearing this announcement? <laughs> um, so, so, so uh, yeah, but look, if, if I had time to, to stop and think, there's probably a few others. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, but it's just part of part of the game. There's so many funny things you see. I, I think one night, one of the funniest things at angle, he probably wouldn't agree with me, Glenn McElhenney was uh, getting to work on a horse up the straight and uh, his seat fell off. Oh. Um, so that could have been carnage for, for, for the GMAC. But he uh, somehow, and I'm just trying to think, I don't know if he actually went on to win the race or run a place. I, I, but, but it was in, I remember it was probably the last race and I'm probably talking about eight, nine years ago. And uh, as Glenn does, for those who know harness racing and know Glenn McElhenney's driving style, he, he does sort of bounce, uh, you know, a bit of a bounce in the gig when he's getting to work on a horse up the straight. And, yeah, lo and behold, his seat come adrift. Um, so it, A, wasn't comfortable, and B, could have been uh, a lot more serious than it ended up being. I like him. Good on you, Freddie. Have a Good great on, weekend, buddy. All the best. Fred, Fred Hastings there with On The Pace.